Welcome to the Genealogy Happy Hour, a place where new family historians can learn to document their family histories and celebrate their new discoveries. I'm Amy. And I'm Penny. And we're here to help you discover your family tree from the beginning. Welcome to episode 92. In this episode, we are going to be talking about how local histories can help you find your ancestors and see what their life was like at that time. But first, do we have a wine, Amy? We do. We have a delicious uh, Pinot Noir from Willamette Valley um, from the Cho Wine. Cho Wines. Um, it is um, uh, a sour cherries, red currants, smoky, earthy, uh, medium-bodied um, Pinot. It's um, just really nice. It's bright and juicy um, and just delightful. And it's a James Suckling rating of 91. So wow, that sounds delicious. It is. So I'll we have to try it. The sponsor of today's episode of Genealogy Happy Hour is Newspapers.com, the largest online newspaper archive. Newspapers.com is your ultimate resource for discovering your family's history. Explore more than 800 million newspaper pages in their vast collection spanning three centuries. Newspapers.com is your gateway to exploring the past, with papers from the U.S., U.K., Canada, Australia, and beyond. Trace your family's journey and uncover the extraordinary tales of your ancestors through newspaper stories, birth and marriage announcements, obituaries, photos, and much more. For listeners of today's show, Newspapers.com is extending a discount of 20% off on a Publisher Extra subscription. Just use the code HAPPYHOUR at checkout. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity. Well, Amy, this episode, we're going to be talking about local histories. Just diving into the town your ancestor lived in and what was happening at the time and how these local histories can help us find our ancestors and see what's going on. I love using the local histories. You can get a lot of good leads out of these. And maybe not necessarily your particular ancestor is mentioned in there, but their more famous sibling was, or their parents, or their um, their in-law. And they're mentioned, you know, because the, uh, a, um, one of their fan club was mentioned in this, but you can still glean some information from them. So, And plus, you get to find out a little bit more about what the community was like when your ancestor was living there. So, I love them. So, do you have any really good stories to tell us about local histories? Well, sure, of course. Um, the... You know, obviously, what the first thing that you're looking for, most of us would go looking for those biographical profiles. Um, and I guess we should start out by saying that a lot of these local history books were, um, they're very popular. They were published in the late 19th, early 20th centuries, particularly in the northern and midwestern states. Um, but, um, and they usually kind of coincided sometimes with the anniversary of the county or the location. But um, they would always, you know, usually profile. <clears throat> either the, the very prominent um, members of the community or a history of the community and the early people who settled it and founded it. Um, but like I said, you can look for, not only just don't look for your ancestor's name uh, uh, profile, but their relatives. 
Um, I was able to locate, um, it was interesting in the, it's called the Valley of the Upper Maumee River. It's published by Branton Fuller in 1889. And um, so just a little back, backtracking a little bit, in 1850, in the 1850 census, um, my ancestor's family is enumerated saying that they were from France in that um, 1850 census. Um, well, when I find the local history and I'm reading about the family, it says that they were actually from Switzerland and it gives the dates and bir- date of birth of the entire family, the parents, um, then their children, and then I think two of the children, or at, at least two of the children, have a um, profile in there. And it was interesting because there was different information in the two brothers' profiles. Uh, and this was published during their lifetime. So that's the other thing that's really cool about these um, local histories are, uh, is that sometimes, you know, the, the people who they're writing about are actually still living or their children. So you have people who are giving, you know, firsthand um, or very close to that um, information about the family. So um, the profile said that my ancestors were born in Switzerland. And in fact, I was then able to get a copy of the naturalization record from the um, I think it was at the um, Indiana State Archives, and they were from Switzerland. I wonder so, why they said France in the census. Because they were French-speaking. So maybe. Yeah, because they were from Canton, Bern. Or maybe the, enumer- maybe the, uh, the census taker just, you know, is like, yeah, you're French. <laughs> <laughs> they were from French-speaking Canton, uh, in Canton, Bern, yeah. French-speaking, and so that's why where the, Fr- the French came from. So, um, And then actually on my answer, one of my second great grandfather's death certificate so it does say burn burn switzerland on it so which oh, is really which is really cool ancestors from burn as well yep. maybe we're related I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so that's a way that you can you know the, the census just says france and then i was able to you know with really fill in a lot with the um the local history and then the documentation backed up that history which is even which is even better so um, and sometimes they even have like the little etchings, like the little etchings with their head, like a headshot sometimes of the individual that, you know, I don't have a photo of. But Did I've got they have little, that of, of your ancestor? Not, uh, not on the Swiss, um, but I do have one um, on a, um, a grandmother who actually, um, I think, married like a doctor or somebody who's, it was her second husband. I don't descend from him. Um, I descend from her first husband, but because she was married to this prominent doctor, then her headshot, her little etch- etching is in there. So I have an image of her. Um, so that those are kind of cool too. No, I love that because usually it's always other people when I look through. I'm like, yeah. I think my family was wealthy enough to be listed right. in <laughs> a lot of those books. <laughs> So beyond the but the, beyond the biographical in, um, profiles, um, you know, like we, we were talking about earlier, the history of the community, um, where you really you you get to know who the, the founding members are of that community, um, what the natural resources were, what who the native peoples were, how they interacted with the community. It's going to give you a lot of information about how what it was like when the, when the county or that or that town was founded and who the leadership was um what kind of churches what kind of schools there were who the who usually like you know who were the pastors or the um the lay leadership who are the early educators you know there's always the school who is the schoolmaster 
um, things like that. And then hopefully, and then there's also like little, little county maps, so which can also be very helpful in when we're trying to locate where our ancestor lived within that community. Yeah, that is that is awesome when you have all that stuff in the local history books. And I know um, it's always helpful to, you know, search Google Books and, and whatnot. And if you can find them and purchase them inexpensively, and I know a great place that I've gotten quite a few history from is Abe Books, A-B-E mm-hmm. Books. Right. I've gotten a, a great, um, mm-hmm. has some really good ones from Connecticut and New York that have helped me out a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go- yes. I found a lot on Google, on Google Books, um, and they're, which are free. They're digitized and they're free. And sometimes you can even search within them as well. Um, because sometimes they don't, they aren't indexed. They're not always indexed. Mm-hmm, um, that's true. The, the other thing that's, that is really cool is in these books, usually they will have abstracts of um, some vital records, early church records even. So, for example, you know, Penny, when you and I did our Ohio um, road trip, we went to Medina County. And I had already looked in the History of Medina County, Ohio by William Henry Perrin. It was published in 1881. And it said that my ancestors were the first couple to be married in Medina County. They were married in 18, um, in 1816 in Medina. So I, we went to the courthouse and I was like, I want a copy of this marriage record. It's the first one here. And they're like, we don't have it. How can that be? Well, <laughs> we expected it to be framed on the wall. Exactly right. <laughs> so I, I even went to my, when I went to my red book and I said, you know, Medina was, it was formed in 1812 from Portage County. So it was already, you know, it was already a county when they got married there. But then it also says in the red book that they did not start keeping records in Medina until 1818. So my 1860, my ancestor's 1860 marriage, which was the first one in Medina County, was actually recorded in Portage. And I did find a copy of it in Portage. Interesting. But yeah. the but the really cool part about the, about I mean it, it obviously it tells me it, it it did tell me when they got married and I was able to find the record, um, but it also goes on and tells this whole story because this was the first couple married in Medina County. It goes on and talks about how there wasn't a justice of the peace in the in the in the township, so someone in the community volunteered. They they named the guy and he went out and he went over to so and so's house to try and get the justice of peace, but he wasn't home. So then they had to go and they had to ride someplace else on horseback to go get the justice. Peace. So there's this big huge story about how the community was trying to find a justice of the peace so that this couple could get married. So that's you know that really brings your ancestors you know to life. Yeah, apparently it takes a village to it get does. this people married. <laughs> so I would never have known that if I hadn't looked in that in this in the county history. So, um, but they do. They will list you know all the early births, the deaths, the marriages. Um, sometimes in um, in these county histories. In fact, the um, they also list you know some profiles of the war veterans too. Um, because they're very proud of the war veterans who um, came from their uh, from their community. In um, a history of Shenandoah County, Virginia, by Waylon, the appendix says that it has it includes um, early births and baptisms, 
list of marriages from 18, uh, excuse me, 1782 to 1800, members of Virginia House of Delegates from Shenandoah County, members of the Virginia Senate from Shenandoah County, delegates of Dunmore County to the Revolutionary Convention, members of the Virginia State Conventions, members of Virginia House of Delegates, members of the Virginia House of Delegates from Warren County, members of the Virginia House and Delegates from Warren and Clark, the roster of the 10th Legion, uh, roster of Siebert's Irish Company, roster of Rice's uh, Artillery Company, the, the Swiss Guards. And I was like, the Swiss Guards? But <laughs> I know. Yeah. It gives us a little yeah. history about the Swiss Guards and um, Lucerne, um, Switzerland, and then it, it lists surnames that they associate, according to Wayland, they associate with serving as Swiss guards. And the interesting thing is, one of my ancestor, my one of my ancestors' surnames is listed there. So oh. we're going to have to put this on our list because we're planning on going to Virginia next year to do research. So I might have to like look, look into that one a little bit more. Yeah, that's fascinating. So because uh, yeah, I. I, I don't know. I think he might they might be stretching there a little bit, um, but uh, it's worth checking out. So, and it, it is actually one of the the names that I do want to research while we're in Virginia. So, mm-hmm. I can just see mm-hmm. if I have a Swiss Guard connection or not. Yes, yes. There's just so much you can find out in those local histories. You know what what businesses were in those towns. What occupations could your ancestors have had? What was local? You know what was there main industry at that time a lot of those will be listed as well yeah it's definitely worth looking into and trying to um, find a book or pamphlet or something you know that someone has written up at at some point it really can fill in your um your your genealogy and the life of the bring to life um your ancestors and um, especially if you have ancestors who you've got multiple lines within the same community, this could be a wealth of information in these in these local histories that um, can really f- help you fill in some blanks. I think in in one of them, it's the only um, it's the only document that I have. It's really not a document because I know it's, it's a public it's a published uh, publication, but that mentions um, the daughter the relationship between the daughter and her father. There is no document. There, there is no vital record. There's, you know, she's not mentioned in his will or in his probate. Um, her husband is, um, but it doesn't say this is my son-in-law. It just, you know, his name is, is mentioned in that. And so, but this is the only really the record that I have that really links the two together. Interesting. So, but so again, lots of, of very good clues that you can get that. And, um, you know, we already re- mentioned um, Google Books as a good source, but WorldCat, I've used WorldCat to locate um, a local um, a, a local history um, near me. And sometimes they're, you know, they're not at the local library or your, your genealogical center. I actually found it at a university, a small, actually it's a small college here locally. They actually, they had a copy of, of a history from Kentucky there. So... <laughs> Probably somebody don- yeah. donated the, their collection of books at one time, but anyway, they had it, and it, it was it was right here. So, um, and the main library did not have it, 
which was great. So WorldCat is always a good source for locating, um, so locating books and publications. And then if, you know, like I, I've actually have a copy, I've owned a copy of the history of Shenandoah County because so many of my ancestors, um, lived there and you can buy these on Amazon, eBay, or like you said, a books has them as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Expand those libraries. I think that's an important thing is to have those books in your collection or at least your digital collection, you know, right. if you can get it digitally too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for listening. Please email us with any questions or comments at genealogyhappyhour at gmail.com. Visit our website, www.genealogyhappyhour.com, for additional resources, books, and wines. Don't forget to drink responsibly and never drink around genealogical documents.